You're about to enjoy this replay of the Sons UCF Live brought to you by Dariga, matching your company with the right talent. Today, I want to talk more about Dariga, a company that's revolutionizing the way businesses tackle one of their most critical challenges, finding the right talent. Dariga stands out for the groundbreaking approach to recruitment, which is really more like matchmaking. They also have deep-rooted ties to UCF. Ray Bazzi, their founder, is a UCF alum who actually started the company based on a class project during his MBA program. Also, their commitment to UCF runs deep. 95% of their employees are UCF graduates. Many companies turn to Dariga, and you should too. To find out more, go to nightrecruiting.com. That's night with a K to learn more about Dariga. Dariga, matching your company with the right talent. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trace Rocco, joined by Adam Eaton. Welcome into the Sons of UCF Live. Adam, it is Red Raider Week. Your beloved UCF <laughs> Knights and your adopted Red Raiders, Trace. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, we are going to get into all that. Talk about football, the game at Texas Tech. But we got men's basketball going head-to-head with us. We don't normally like to go head-to-head, but we can't keep moving around. We're on Wednesday next week with Thanksgiving on Thursday. Men's basketball starts out slow, takes a lead at the half. And our man on the scene, Andrew Cherico, uh, joins us now from the arena. Andrew, some news from UCF just before tip-off. A guy that had appealed uh, a denial by the NCAA back in the lineup. Yes, sir. I said, then this begins to start in the second half. UCF leads 31-18. Martellus Avery got eligible for this game. He was facing eligibility issues to begin the season. And let me tell you, he has made an immediate impact to start the game. He's been making great passes all around. He has a couple assists to Jalen, a couple assists all around. He's making great rebounds, great hustle plays, and his impact is felt in this game. Jalen Sellers, he continues to be the star of this UCF team. 10 points already at the half, and he doesn't look like he is staring down, shooting 5 for 9 from the field. And they are going to come. DSS is shooting 6 to 25 to, to at the end of the first half, which is a testament to UCF defense and how good they are. Because this, although they are shooting 6 to 25, UCF is only up by 3 at one point. So the defense has kept them in this game. And we will continue to look out for my face with every impact on the game. And we will continue to see how well Jalen Sellers continues to score. And as the second half starts to begin. All right, we will check back with you in about 20 minutes or so. Perhaps you will have even better news about the Knights. Andrew Cherico, live at the arena. Thanks for being with us. All right, a lot of background noise there at the arena, Adam. A little noisier than the quiet uh, confines of our studios. All right, we'll check back with Andrew. Knights with a lead started out slow. It is important, though, that they got Marcella Savory back. Yeah, he had a couple of really good passes early on. Obviously, a really good story. You heard Coach Dawkins talk about his his plight earlier. The NCAA very rarely gets things correct, Trey, so it was good to see that that happen. Good energy from the Knights tonight. Again, an early 31-18 lead. We'll see if that can hold on, but he's an intriguing player. Um, we had um, Ben Hazel tell us that he's a good outside shooter. You saw his passing ability. He can rebound. He can block some shots, so he may bring a little bit of that jolt, maybe that you know that C.J. Walker fill-in role that we were looking for. Maybe, maybe Marcellus can provide that for UCF. Yeah, we'll check back with Andrew in just a bit. Football, back to it, two in a row. Have you ever felt as good after a bounce house win as over Oklahoma State? That is a legacy Big 12 win. I felt I didn't feel good until about four minutes left in the fourth quarter because like probably all of you out there, I was just waiting for that other shoe to drop. When is it going to happen? Is something bad going to happen? And man, it was a domination from start to finish. They came out firing all cylinders, offense, defense, special teams. Again, some minor things here and there, but it almost makes you scratch your head, Trace, and go, where was that all season? If that was what we were capable of, how could we not bottle that in at some point in time? But it was a dominating performance. Look, I think a lot of us expected this to be a close game. We thought maybe we'd squeak it out. Nobody out there had this 45 to 3. Nobody had it this way, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure glad it ended up this way. Knights now two and five in the Big 12, five and five overall. An award I didn't even know existed. They're the Cheez It National Team of the Week. Did you know that award existed? 
I love a good cheese it, Trace. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm a good cheese it fan. Cheese it's goldfish. My kids are always around the house. I'm a good, I'm a big cheese it fan. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, Damari Henderson, the story as well. Big 12 defensive player of the week. Who'd have thunk UCF would have a defensive player of the week, especially during that five game slide. Knights now five and five, fighting for that bowl eligibility. As I mentioned, Red Raider week, they are going to Texas Tech. Uh, Texas Tech also five and five. Gus Malzahn, your uh, Dodd coach of the week in college football. Uh, I asked him on Monday's availability, how does the team avoid a letdown in Lubbock? You talked about the momentum that comes with this win Saturday, two-game winning streak, but how do you and coaches make sure there's not a letdown that comes after a big win? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it, it, we, we're fighting for a, a chance for a bowl. We're playing a team that's just like us. I mean, that, that that's great. It, it's it's in the past. We'll, we'll think about in the you know, in the uh, off season, but you know, we, we got our hands full. This is a really big game coming up. Uh, there won't be any kind of letdown as far as mental, especially with everything that we went through, uh, you know, this season. Uh, you heard it from Gus Malzahn. There won't be any kind of letdown. I imagine that Mike Gundy was saying that a week earlier after the Bedlam win by Oklahoma state over Oklahoma. Well, I mean, you got to hope trace that this provided UCF a little bit of momentum, a little bit of, you know, just just belief that they can do this, that they're they are a good football team. They put this uh, this together two in a row now, and maybe they've reached the apex of kind of where they were supposed to be at. So you got to hope that this is like the the spark that they needed. Maybe they go on a little mini run here to end the season. Um, I, I would hope we don't see overconfidence. I, I think the guys kind of understand where things have bat have been. And hopefully they get back there. But I would hope we're not overconfident because certainly while we played well, there there are certainly things that this team has had struggles with all year. Hopefully. This is one of those games where they can continue to, that winning way, continue that streak, and put all that stuff back together. Are you in the camp that uh, we saw uh, JRP's best game as a quarterback in a UCF uniform? So best is tough, right? Because there's he's had some really good statistical games, right? Last year against Temple, we put up 70 points, right? I mean, he threw for a million yards, ran for a million more yards. Uh, and so statistically speaking, it's not an eye-popping game. But he controlled the line of scrimmage when he had to. He made plays when he had to. He got first downs with his legs, which is something we hadn't seen him do in a couple of weeks based on the knee injury. And so you, you love what you see out of that. I think that is his his the best game he's played. It may not be his best statistical performance, but in terms of production and outcome, I do think this or Tulane regular season last year are probably the best two games. I'll be recency bias guy, and I will go with this one right now. How about R.J. Harvey? 20-plus carries, 200-plus yards, 1,000-plus on the season. Uh, feed him the ball in Lubbock. Yeah, I joked on the podcast this week, when are we building the R.J. Harvey statue? Uh, and I talked to you and Elo on Around the Kingdom this week. Is R.J. Harvey the best big game running back we've had since Kevin Smith? You think about all the games that we've needed, big performances last year, Cincinnati, this year, Cincinnati. R.J. Harvey seems to answer the bell every single time. His stats may not be as eye-popping as other guys. He obviously doesn't have the, the yardage that, that 24K had, but he may be the best big game running back we've had. And I, I, you got to hand it to the kid, right? Because all week long, and we're guilty of this too, Trace, all week long, what do we talk about? Ollie Gordon. Ollie Gordon this, Ollie Gordon that, Ollie Gordon this. And lo and behold, R.J. Harvey was the guy who rushed for 200 yards. You got to really love a kid who can take that challenge, go out there, and his entire team seemed inspired by that challenge. Again, you'd love to see that inspiration, that motivation carry forward this week to Texas Tech. Well, let's talk more about this night's team on a two-game winning streak with former UCF wide receiver Tyson Hinshaw back in Sons of UCF Live. Tyson, hello. Hey, guys. How are you? I'm doing well. How about this performance? I mean, this was from start to finish, a complete game. They finished this game. Yeah, no doubt. In fact, um, that's one of the first things uh, we talked about. Uh, I had my son with me at the game, or actually both of them with me at the game. We talked about how great it was to see the the the, the fourth quarter and how we finished that game. Um, I actually texted with uh, Mark Daniels uh, late in that game. I said, you know, we got to just continue to finish and, and he agreed. And it, it, it was really nice to see that we just kept the pedal down and, and but on both sides, by the way, offense and defense, which was awesome. And I imagine your brother, offensive coordinator, Darren Hinshaw, pretty pleased with John Rice Plumley and the team in this one. Yeah, I think he, he was excited about everybody. I think it was our, to me, it was our first team win across the board. Um, I think, both sides of the ball contributed at a high level. Special teams did great. So, yeah, he was excited. Um, 
obviously it felt really good to have that complete game. I think we were, we've been close and, uh, you know, unfortunately some of these games, you know, they, they're won and lost by a few plays here and there. And, and it's, it's nice to have a cushion like we had and then just complete and finish the game. So yeah, he was definitely excited about how the kids performed. Tyson, obviously we, we've had a bunch of close games all year long and, and whatever reason you stub your toe, things happen as a player. What, what happens? What, what's, what's the mindset that you get a game like this? Is there a switch? Is there something that something is said? How do we get from a performance where it's uneven to something like this, where it just feels like we can do no wrong? Yeah. You know, sometimes just the ball bounces your way and the mojo's, you know, working and there's no doubt that, the kids were jacked up about the game. I think the space game in general, right? Remember, we're dealing with kids that are 18 to 21 year old, 22. I, I remember I was that age. And, and sometimes there's those little things that really get you dialed in and focused. And who knows, maybe that's a part of it. Um, but there's no doubt they were ready to play. And, and, and like I said, finish more than anything. I think, I think we've, we've seen in some of these games where we've come out, you know, shot out of a cannon Sometimes we've seen us come out a little slower. This game, we were shot out of a cannon and then finished and just continued that pressure on them, uh, which is important because you just you don't want to you want to let somebody give them a chance to feel like they can win. I, I think the weather was a, a good thing. You know, we, we got some points up and the bad weather came, um, which was actually kind of crazy, I thought. But um, it, it worked out for us for sure. And I thought our kids performed well in the weather as well. Justin, how do you explain five weeks ago, we gave up 399 yards on the ground to Kansas, and then against Oklahoma State with one of the best running backs in the nation, we give up only 52. How do you, how do you explain something like that? You know, I don't know that I can explain it. I think <laughs> you're like everybody else. <laughs> the reality is, you know, I, I'm sure that defense heard all week of how great this guy is and how good they can run the ball. And you know, again, you're dealing with kids and they hear that all the time. I'm sure they want to go out there and prove themselves. I, I think they were on a mission, it looked like, um, to, to stop the run. And and then they did just that. So I don't know if there's any one thing. I think, look, I think we're also getting a couple people back healthy on defense, which helps, uh, especially in the front. And um, there's no doubt that they, they showed up ready to play and it was an impressive performance. And he, he never got going. I mean, not only did he not, you know, get close to, to going, he never had anything. He had one real good run and, and the game got out of hand and then they needed to throw the ball. So he couldn't really get into it. So for, for the type of game that that individual or that player wants to play in, it was like the exact opposite, right? We get up big, the, you know, the rain comes and, and now they're way behind and it, it's hard. It would be hard for, somebody like that for them to get him going because you got to get him going early to, to really um, um, to, to, to have a big, big game like he normally has. And he just never really got going. Before you joined us, we were talking about RJ Harvey and that talk this mm -hmm. week that he may be the best since Kevin Smith. Where are you at on that? There've been a lot of good running backs that have made their way, uh, you know, through the years for the Knights. Where do you yeah. think he's, he's at? To me, he's, he's a complete back. He can, he can, he's explosive, but he's also can, can grind out yards. Uh, he's obviously extremely talented. He played quarterback, I believe, in high school. Um, clearly, the the line want, wants to block for him. They 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 like blocking for him. So, you know, is he is he better than Kevin Smith or or whoever else? I, I don't know. I can tell you, I'm glad he's on our team. Um, he's he's a complete back. And, and we've got, we've got great backs. We've got great skill kids. So it was, it was fun to see him break the long one, two things, one and get her blocked by, I think it was uh, Baker that was blocked for him. May, may have been Kobe, but whoever that was who accelerated to, to, to get in front of the um, defender um, number one and do really smart by turning his body and not get a penalty. And also just the effort, you know, when you see that from your teammate, um, it, it was pretty awesome. And um, to see RJ continue to accelerate and, and, and really lead, I don't know that he needed that block. I think he was, he was going to, the kid wasn't going to catch him, but those type of little things, 
I know probably the average fan doesn't seem like a big deal. That that's a big deal to me. Um, I, I I thought that was awesome to see him run ahead and make that block, even though he maybe didn't need it and, and a smart block in that. But um, yeah, RJ seeing him finish that run was pretty awesome. Uh, it was fun. I, I also loved how he, he, he hugged on, uh, I think there were like four kids that were in astronaut outfits uh, in the, in the, um, in one of the sweet sections there. It was pretty cool. Well, you can't talk about RJ Harvey without talking about the offensive line. And again, another change, Lokai Pauli at center, no matter who they've changed out, Things have seemed to work over the course of the season on the O-line. Yeah, I stopped keeping track. So um, you know, <laughs> whoever's out there, you know, I know, I know the coaches have done the, done their job and it's given us our best chance to win. Uh, the good news is we've got a lot of them, which is good, right? We've got, we've got probably 10 people there that can play. So depth is, is always good. It, it, I think ideally you, you'd want, you know, five or, or six that are playing most of the game. But um, yeah, you know, I think their coach, Coach Hand, does an awesome job. He's a great guy, and I know he works really hard. So, you know, getting those guys ready, um, no doubt, I think is is it's pretty awesome to see him go out there and and you know, I guess this is what his fifth game with 100 yards. So, um, you know, but we got to keep the volume down because we don't want to we don't want them talking about how great our running back is, just like last week, right? So, um, we just need to go out and perform, and uh, you know, hope to get get a big one. I, probably one of the biggest games here against Texas Tech. Tyson, obviously you were a great, a great wide receiver in your time at UCF. What do you make of our current wide receiver duo, Javon Baker, Kobe Hudson? How, how good are these guys? What do you like about their game? Man, they're, they're explosive, incredibly quick, um, can catch the deep ball. I think their hands are great. Um, I, there's not a lot of negatives really with them, quite frankly. I think they're two incredible receivers. I think Townsend's really – a great player as well. We, we've got some good receivers. We've always had good receivers at UCF. So it's, it's nice to see that continue here. And, um, you know, I love seeing us throw the ball down the field. I think, you know, getting John Rice back and, and get, getting him healthy where you can tell he's getting his legs under him and he's be able to throw the ball a little bit better. It's been exciting to watch those guys play, but look, they're explosive. They're a lot faster than I ever was. That's for sure. Um, but, um, they're, they're fun to watch the, the, the one play Hudson made on the, um, the, the bonus play there when they jumped off sides and he comes back and catches it. I mean, it, it looked from where I was sitting, like the guy was, could have just grabbed him and somehow he just leaves them. And that type, that, that speed is elite. Um, and it, it, it's fun to watch. One of my favorite plays of the game. I want to know how you'd react to it. Uh, our kicker, Colton Boomer, gets a personal foul on a late hit out of bounds. When you were playing and you're kicking out, again, Borlegi was a pretty big dude, so maybe maybe that would have laid some wood there. But when the kicker gets a, a late hit out of bounds penalty, how does the rest of the team typically react to that? Yeah, I think I think they were – it would have been nice if it wasn't so bad, but he was kind of like <laughs> more than a step out of bounds. Look, I – I think obviously if Colton could take it back, he would have. I'm sh I'm sure everyone saw Gus ripping into him as as anybody would, right? Any coach should should yell at him. You know, it, it wasn't a smart play. Um, it, it it was an effort play, which is good. Just kind of a dumb effort play, right? But um, clearly everybody likes likes him, right? And um, you, you know, you want to cheer for somebody like Boomer. There's no doubt that that he's a he's a great player. He's a great kicker. And he's not afraid to shake it up. And he's obviously intense and, and wants to make a play for the team. He just got a little excited, I think, on that play. But um, all in all, I think, um, you know, I saw <laughs> – I watched a highlight, um, I think, the next day that there was a cut-up of highlights. And somebody put in the comments, was like, where's the hit that Boomer made? But Because um, it, was, it was actually a nice hit. It's just too bad it was two yards out of bounds. Well, so you're telling me if he had missed his last five field goals, the team would not have been as receptive to that hit? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I think, look, I, I, it's not about, I think they like the effort. I think they were like, ah, uh, you know, it's when a kid, you know, he's not a big guy. He's small too. You know, he's a Lake Mary, uh, Lake Mary Ram too, but uh, um, he, uh, he, he's trying to make a play. He just got a little too excited, I think. Uh, Damari Henderson, the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week. We're really seeing these young guys emerge over the course of the season on defense. Yeah. Uh, another in-town kid from Sanford. Uh, my kids played against him. I, I watched him growing up. Um, 
he's a heck of a talent. So it's it's great to see him get involved and and he seems to be at the right place at the right time as well. You know, some of those interceptions were, you know, he's in the right position, ball gets tipped, tip drill, right? And uh he was able to make those plays and and the fumble was big as well. So he's he's an incredibly talented kid. Uh if you ever seen him play basketball, he's just as good. I mean, he's pretty explosive, can dunk from almost anywhere. So it was fun watching him grow up and it's awesome. He's at UCF and, you know, Braid Marshall, another one got a pick, which was cool to see another Lake Mary kid. So um, no doubt those guys are, are, are playing some good ball right now. And uh, hopefully it continues. So we're going to need it. You're coaching this week. How do you avoid a letdown after such a big win? We saw Oklahoma state beat Oklahoma and Bedlam, and they certainly did not look like that same team a week later in Orlando. Now UCF's got that road trip out to Lubbock. What do you do here as coaches throughout the week to, to drive home that message? Yeah, you know, I, and I don't know if if they had a letdown as much as we just jumped on them and then the, the situation with the rain and us just keeping the pace down or keeping the pedal down with the pace, I think um, we just – we just beat them pretty, and I think we outcoached them and all of that. But I, I think this week you, you got to want to start fast. Um, clearly when we've been away, you look at Kansas, you know, we started slow in that game. Uh, the situation with John Rice there that, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't ideal. And, but most games we've started pretty, pretty quick. I think that's important in this game is to start fast and to keep the pressure on them. Um, but look, they're, they're 17 to, 22 year old kids and anything can happen. I think the good thing is I think number one, we're, you know, we're almost bowl eligible and I, we, we need that next win. We need it more than Oklahoma state needed a win really. Right. So I think they're going to be um, energized. It's a pretty cool place. I've been to Texas tech. Um, it's a, it's an interesting place to play. I think they'll be excited to go there and um, weird start time, but um, I think they'll, They'll be ready, and um, for, for me, I think it's to keep – let's start fast and keep the pressure on them. I think that's going to be – really. I think the first quarter is a really important quarter in this game. Tyson, what's this season been like for you personally? Obviously, your brother now on the staff. I know you're a UCF alum. You bleed black and gold, but has it been different this year? I know your brother was on staff as an analyst a few years back, mm-hmm. but now in sort of in a lead role like the offensive coordinator. How has this been different for you and your family? Yeah, um, I – I do. I believe black and gold. Um, but at the same time, anytime my brother's coached at Kentucky or Tennessee or wherever he's been, we've obviously been tied into those games and it just means so much to us um, as a family. So um, because I, I'm cheering for him and I want him to do well in those teams. Right. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of his. And um, so Having it at UCF, it's like a double whammy, right? You've got I always cheer for the Knights, and now I've got him. It's, it's, it's they're intense. Let's just say that. I've uh, the good news is I'm not coaching. I can have a couple cocktails and <laughs> and relax my nerves a little bit. But um, you know, I I just want us to play well and 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 play like we we can. And I think there's moments this year that we've done it, and it was awesome to see this year um, for it to happen. And I'll, I'll tell you the. The losses are are horrible, you know the the, the the things that have happened, and you know the next day, I, I you're not a fan. You're you know it's your family that's that's losing, so it's it's even it's even double worse than you would think it is. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling every every moment, every hit, every big play, every every bad play. Um, so it's 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 interesting, it's for sure, but uh, it's exciting. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Are you at the position or can you joke with your brother? Like, Hey, good call on that third and two. Like, can you, can you joke with him a little bit after a game? I, I may have a couple notes that, <laughs> you know, I want to talk to him. The, the reality is I, I, I have not got to talk to him much this year. Hmm. He's just been swamped and nonstop. So sometimes on Thursday nights, um, like tonight, I'll, I'll be able to catch him for a little bit. Um, we'll talk, you know, kind of what, the, what he's thinking this, this week and the team, et cetera. And, the mood and all that. But, um, and then I'll talk to him after the game is usually probably the best time for me to connect with them. But then come Sunday, don't talk to him much. And during the week, you know, I'm working, I'm helping Lake Mary uh, coach over there. So I'm, I'm busy. He's busy. And we don't get to connect as much as I'd like to. 
you know, I probably should just drive over there and, and go stand outside his house. I'll, I'll get to see him and talk to him. But, uh, um, you know, he's he works late and he's grinding, trying to do the best he can for this team. All right, 645 so, so, on Sunday night, the coordinator interviews. You should just show up and point <laughs> us in the media room. Yeah, draw a question or two. <laughs> that is surprising. Tyson, true, true or false? You, you, you called your brother after that Oklahoma two-point conversion play. True or false? Well, I called him. We talked anyway, but <laughs> yes, we did. We did discuss that specific play. Um, we talked a lot about a lot of plays in that game, and it's funny, you know. Um, somebody was like, "Did you like that two-point play?" I said, "I like two-point plays that work." So, whatever, <laughs> whatever we need to call, you know, and any ones that don't work, I don't really like them, right? So, it, it's it's not easy. I'll tell you, the fourth down play was a was an awesome play nobody yeah. talks about right but that play yeah. was phenomenal by the way uh john rice threw a great ball great catch you know it executed perfectly so um you know to get us into that moment um the the game's never won and lost in one play i know people feel like it is but um the reality is you look at that game there's so many chances we had to win it um but it would have been nice to get into overtime and see what happens because you, you you never know what would have happened in overtime. But, uh, yeah, we had some conversations about it. So, Before you have too many cocktails on Saturday, make sure you figure out where FS2 is on your dial. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I, I do need to do that. I think I've got direct TV, so hopefully it's on there. 618. I looked it up. 618. Yeah, that's where it is. Trust me, I'm Ice and Hinshaw. It loaded, that's for sure. Yeah, I have that on there. All right, Tyson Inshaw, we appreciate you stopping by with us. Let's get a win in Lubbock. Yeah, thank you guys for all you do. You guys do a great job and appreciate all the support. And let's go Let's go over there and bring back a I hope I, They need to make sure there's room somewhere on that plane for that W to bring it back. So um, I'm excited about it. Go Knights. That's right. All right, thank, thank you. All right. I like your question about the two-point. I, I just wonder, like, if you can joke with them. Like, I don't know. I don't know, Darren. Obviously, can you call him and be like, dude, what was that like? What kind of person? It's a very serious sport. I just wondered what their relationship was like. I, I've texted with Tyson a little bit. He seems like a pretty, pretty fun-loving guy. Uh, fun fact, I actually learned his middle name is actually Love, by the way. His, his name is Tyson Love Hinshaw. Uh, so, for fun fact, I, I don't know why I know that. I should have asked him what Darren's middle name is. But uh, I just wondered what their relationship was like. That's all. Well, that is interesting. Save that for Mike when his top five Valentine's Day list or something like that. I don't even, uh, yeah. Who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oklahoma State, a little bit of a setback on their road to Arlington. They've got some work to do. They end, of course, with Houston and BYU. Let's turn over to Jeff Allen now for our look at the Big 12. UCF and Texas Tech pulling upsets last week added some intrigue to the conference championship game race. However, the 23rd-ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys, despite being routed by the Knights, hold the number two slot with a 5-2 and two mark, while 7th-ranked Texas still holds the top slot at 6-1. and one. Texas draws 5-2 and two Iowa State this week. That will be a Saturday night kick at 8 on Fox. Oklahoma State will square off with Houston. That will be on ESPN2 at 4 o'clock. 14th-ranked Oklahoma at 5-2 and two visits BYU. Catch that one at 12 noon on ESPN. With that game in Provo, it's a 10 a.m. start mountain time. The remaining 5-2 and two team in the mix, 21st-ranked Kansas State faces in-state rival Kansas, who's ranked number 25. That'll be 7 o'clock on FS1. The rest of the slate has Cincinnati at West Virginia, 2.30 on ESPN+. TCU is at Baylor, 3.30 on ESPN+. And rounding out the schedule, UCF travels to Lubbock to take on Texas Tech with the odd 5 o'clock start time on FS2. Both teams could face potential letdowns after their upset wins last week. I think the Knights keep their momentum in route to a third straight win and bowl eligibility. With your Big 12 Minutes, I'm Jeff Allen. All right. UCF and Texas. I'm sorry, Jeff is back, Trace. He's back on our side. Not literally back because he literally came back, but he's literally back on our side. What do you think about a 10 a.m. start? <laughs> not a fan. <laughs> not, not a fan. That is way early. I'm not going to lie to you. Not a fan of that. That is way early. Uh, men's basketball on a 14-0 run in the last five and a half minutes. Let's go back to the arena. Let's see what's going on. Let's turn to our man on the scene, Andrew Cherico. Andrew, what's going on? Hello. Can you hear me? Oh, we can hear you great this time around. 
All right, that's great to hear. All right, so UCF is currently leading 46 to 26 on a 14-0 run. Speaking about Martellus Avery's impact, he came in the game and finished an alley-oop and hit another three the next play right after. So Coach Johnny Dawkins was, you can see the reason he was upset that he was not playing because he has made a great impact in this game already. Jalen Sellers continues to be the leading scorer with 13 points. Ibrahima Diallo with seven rebounds. And Jalen Sellers being the leading assist uh, with four assists. Um, CSF just got the ball right now off of miss. Their crossover, and it's a foul. Foul. Andrew's not doing play-by-play during Sons of UCF Live. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you all for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate you. (laughs) He just launches into play-by-play. Are we in any violation of anything? No, we're pretty all right. He's actually ahead of my TV, so he actually ruined it for me, but that's fine. I still I still love Andrew. Andrew will be in the post game with Coach Dawkins and players, and no doubt putting together a report that we will drop. Yeah. Uh, and make sure you guys follow Andrew on Twitter, at Andrew underscore Cherico, doing some great work for us, obviously getting the press availabilities. Uh, a, a young kid at UCF just trying to learn in the business, so uh, it's uh, it's good to have Andrew on board. Trace, I know you spent time with him too, but make sure you guys all follow Andrew on, uh, on social medias and uh, look out for more reports on basketball all season long. Yeah, he's solid with social media and the updates during basketball. He made the media availability yesterday, put together a report in advance of this uh, Cal State Fullerton game. And so he's coming along and now he's got his first live shots under his belt. Uh, Men's basketball now with a 20 point lead. It's a Thursday night. They are in the Jacksonville Classic. By the way, it's called the Jacksonville Classic. They're playing at the Flagler Gymnasium in St. Augustine for Mm -hmm. these games. Sunday, South Dakota State, eight o'clock start. And then uh, Monday, they'll play uh, either Charlotte or George Mason. So quick turn on this and going to test their uh, their depth as well. Yeah, I may, I may swing out there and, and catch a game, Trace. But obviously, right now, they're playing really well. I mean, you see why Marcellus Avery was, was a guy that, that, you know, that Johnny liked. Obviously, Andrew mentioned that already. Jalen Sellers playing well. They got to get some more outside shooting. Maybe that's Marcellus Avery. Again, you know, we had Ben Hazel tell us that he thought Marcellus was an outside threat. But you can tell for for a period of time there, you've got three guys in Langford, Allen, and Sellers who are all slashers, want to get to the hoop, want to draw contact, not great shooters. So at some point, we're going to need to find some shooting on the perimeter. UCF hasn't done that. Marchowski has done a little bit of that um, in his time off the bench. But I want to see how our shooting develops. But I do like our inside presence. Omar Payne's playing well. Ibrahima Diallo has a couple of blocks. He's a, he's a big force down low. And obviously, uh, you add an Avery plus Serno. Uh, th- this could be a, a formidable team. I hate to get too ahead of myself and too excited about it as uh, Shamari Allen just airballed the three, but this might be uh, this might be a fun team to watch. They may not win a lot of games. They may not uh, they may not upset anybody, but if it's fun and competitive, I think it'll make for a good season. Jalen Sellers has been a nice uh, addition to the team. Got to see Shamari Allen get going, and remember, we get Antoine Jones. Uh, back on this roster at the end of the first semester. So I just got to weather the storm for a couple of more weeks before they see him. All we're hearing from Coach Dawkins is that C.J. Walker continues to heal. Um, uncertain timetable. Uh, maybe you see him uh, when conference play gets underway. Uh, but uh, that that's still up in the air. Yeah, I mean, obviously, again, you feel for C.J. just as a person. We know what he's been through injury-wise, and you can see how his energy could help a team like this. This feels like a team that C.J. Walker would excel in, right? A little bit of a run-and-gun, fast-break style. He could certainly get a, get a ball off the glass and bring it up the court and, and find somebody. Lobs from D.J. So th- this feels like a team that he may fit in really well with. I think previous iterations of the UCF basketball team were a lot of outside shots, a lot of three-point shots, Darius Perry, Brendan Mahan. This feels like more of a team that can um, that can spread the ball a little bit, more more in the style of what you would get out of CJ. So hopefully he can he can get back soon and uh, he can enjoy some time. Probably his last year, I think. He's been around for a while. Probably his last year uh, here at UCF. All right, let's switch gears, go back to football. Let's talk about this 5-5 five and five Texas, Ra- uh, Texas Tech Ra- Red Raider team with Albie Shore. He is part of the 1012 Network, the Tortillas and Takes podcast. Albie, welcome in. First timer here at Sons of UCF Live. What's going on, guys? Thanks for uh, thanks for having me here. I'm excited to be here. Um, you know, actually, this takes place as, of our podcast for the week because uh, Jeremy has left me alone, my co-host at Tortillas and Takes, uh, to go be a good American and actually watch the U.S. men's national team, so, national soccer team. Um, so, uh 
Basically, he's a communist and a socialist uh, <laughs> watching soccer instead of American, American folk. Uh, that's, that's, that's how that works there. Uh, so, yeah. No, this is he's not here to defend himself, but it doesn't no, seem fine with, fine with me. We've labeled him. Welcome into Suns Live. This is the Red Raider Week. Uh, this is a, a big one for uh, UCF. These two teams, five and five. But I got to tell you, Go back to the early part of the season. A lot of people had Texas Tech a little bit higher than where they are. What has been the story of this season? Injuries, obviously, a factor at quarterback. Right, let me tell you something, guys. Injuries is not new for us. We've uh, we so we have something when it comes to our quarterbacks. Um, you know, I think for people that don't know anything about. Texas Tech football, you may not know that us getting to our third-string quarterback is a common occurrence. <laughs> you uh, just plan on it every that's season. Just, <laughs> that's just how it works. Um, our last quarterback that made it through the entire year was Nick Shimanek in 2017. That's a couple uh, of years ago. Yeah. So that's the last time we've had a starting quarterback. And I call it the Nick Shimanek curse because we do not appreciate Nick Shimanek. Nick Shimanek was a quarterback that came in right after Pat Mahomes. He was an okay guy. He wasn't bad. He was decent, but he wasn't Pat Mahomes. So what happened is, is that Tech fan base, we kind of, we didn't like him. We didn't like him very much. So what happened, he actually even got benched for the last game against Texas, and the guy behind him was much worse. And so he ended up getting his job back and beating Texas that game. But I believe that he put a curse on the Texas Tech quarterback situation because since then, we've been down to our third-string quarterback every single year since. And again, it happened this year. We had to put in Jake Strong who was our third string this year in. Um, and he went to a tune of uh, seven turnovers in two games. Uh, really, Nate Peterman it, Petermaning it the entire time, which I, I – yay. If you're going to go out, go out with a bang. So I, 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 I like it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's part of it, right? Injuries, of course. Uh, not just at the quarterback position, but we've been dealing with injuries on the O-line, um, injuries in the defense, on the secondary – uh, as well as as well as on the linebacking side, so especially especially on the linebacking, I would argue that the linebacking injuries have been the biggest. That's been the unit that's been hit the most with both of our starters out for an extended period of time um, at the linebacking position. We've even been able to st- had to start a true freshman Ben Roberts um, for the majority of the season now because of the injuries, and he, and he stepped up in a big way that nobody was nobody's expecting him to. But that's part of it. But honestly, I don't think that's the biggest reason. Um, I think that there is uh, also Coach, there's been some coaching issues, especially when it comes to offensive play calling. There's been a couple games where I distinctly point to the play calling as the reason why we didn't win the, those games. Um, Wyoming, honestly, that's there's no reason why that uh, we shouldn't have beaten Wyoming. And I think offensive play calling was a big piece of that. Um, play calling down the stretch against Oregon, another big piece of that. So that's a that's a also and then and then the third part of it is, is that. Um, we weren't as good as we thought. Like that's that's as straight up. And like, then there's, there's, that. there's there's that. Like just straight you got up. the win at Kansas. That was a pretty big win last. It week. wasn't okay. Okay, first off, okay, you're right. You are right. But a win at, it just didn't feel good to say that a win at Kansas was a huge win. Like it just still feels. <laughs> well, it like, could be worse. Uh, you could have lost to Kansas and given up 400 <laughs> rushing <laughs> yards. Who, who would have done that? <laughs> that's uh so yeah so there's that also like we weren't we just weren't as good as we thought um a friend of mine he actually brought up a really good point last year we were eight and five but a lot of those close games that texas tech fans are very so used to losing uh, we won last year last year there was a lot of games a lot of 50 50 games we ended up winning and those same games this year we're just losing we're just not doing those 50 50 games we're now on the opposite end of it so we're Basically, the same team we were last year. We're just not getting those, those, um, uh, those benefits that we got last year. So that's that's a big piece of it. Um, and I'm never taking down this pennant. Oh, this <laughs> <laughs> stand. All right. I got. It. I even got the Texan shirt for any Buccaneers fans out there. So sorry about you. But uh, yeah, coming guns blazing. No pun intended. Uh, but we do we do a lot of work around here at the Suns, and we try to predict what's going to happen in the season. I want you to hear this prediction, and I want you to give me your analysis on uh, on this take right here. Listen, listen to this. This is a this is a definite loss at Texas Tech. A meltdown in Lubbock. That one to me is a given. 
So one <laughs> about this guys, all year long. As that gentleman there, he said, this is going to be a definite loss for UCF, a meltdown for UCF. Your opinion on Trace's take that this is a definite loss for UCF on Saturday. When did you have this take? I, I mean, this is like, that was like season, like August. Pre-season. Interesting. So, um, <laughs> I, oh, I should buy it on this week's show, though. I can't can't really back off of it now. <laughs> so I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie to you. A week ago, I'd agree with you. A week actually, a week ago, we were making fun of this game. Like, okay, Kansas gonna be tough. Texas gonna be tough. Tough. I'm gonna skip over UCF. That'll be a nice one. Then y'all beat the hell out of Oklahoma State, and then y'all got me a little nervous. I'm not gonna lie. To you. <laughs> Ollie Gordon, beat- 25 yards. Yeah, you know, y'all beat Oklahoma State something serious. And now I'm like, hold on, maybe they – because here's the thing. I was actually really high on UCF at the beginning of the season. Out of the freshman four, I said, okay, those three teams are going to stink. But UCF is the team that I actually think are good, is going to be pretty good. Um, I think overall, y'all y'all actually ended last season, uh, your last year in the AAC, better than the other two teams at Houston and Cincinnati. I thought y'all came in. You were, you were the only group that wasn't – you know, rebuilding or reloading or having a new coach, anything like that. You kind of were bringing everybody back. I actually thought you were going to come into the season as the only team that didn't have, uh, you know, just didn't have any problems. Like, yeah, I thought it was going to be a seamless transition. It hasn't been. But, um, you know, so I so I was a little worried about UCF. And not only that, but I actually think, and we talked about it on Tortillas and Takes quite a few times, the new Big 12. And as we move into the new Big 12, who's going to take the reins on that? And it's been, especially, and a lot of times you look at the recruiting, and that usually tells you more than anything. And starting off with Texas Tech versus TCU, and then lo and behold, some weird team out of Florida just crept up to the top of the rankings, fighting with Tech and UCF for the number one spot, and it was y'all. So I, I, I said not just next year, but I thought that y'all were going to be a, a piece to be working with going forward. So at the beginning of the season, I actually did not have this as an auto dub. Then I saw y'all play for a few games, and I was like, yeah, we got this. <laughs> so now after last week's game it's still not a wild take i still and we'll talk about it a little bit later i still think it's a favorable matchup for us i still think at home we're, we're usually better and so that does help um after seeing y'all last week i'm not willing to say it's an auto w for us though like that's if that team shows up again that's a complete that team right there that showed up last saturday against oklahoma state I ain't seen y'all do that all year. Like, I don't know where that team came from. So, like, that's neither, a, neither, we don't know either. Oh, yeah, we don't know either. <laughs> well, what, sca- what scares you about this UCF team when you think about it, Albie? When you saw what you saw on Saturday, what scares you about the potential of this UCF team? So, I mean, so you're, you're one, you're deep. Well, so your defense doesn't scare me. Last week. No, it, it shouldn't, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Your defense didn't, your defense didn't scare me until last week. But holding Ollie Garnett, Gordon, I think was was a really big thing. I mean, Todd mm-hmm. Brooks, that's our star. That's the best player on the team, right? And so that's that's our star. And we're going to, if our offensive coordinator realizes re, realizes what he does right and what he does wrong, um, which is run the ball and don't pass it as much, then we should be running the ball regardless of who we're playing, right? And so <laughs> um, and so uh, we should run the ball. And so the fact that y'all were able to stop Ollie Gordon the way that you were able to does worry me a little bit. Now, Todd Brooks is a different type of running back than Ollie Gordon is, so I do think we're going to have a little bit more success in that aspect. But what, what kind of worries me a little bit more when it comes to UCF is you do have, one, you have a, um, a decent run game, and then also you have a mobile quarterback. And regardless of how John Reese Plumlee's played this year, mobile quarterback, the history of Texas Tech defenses, obviously we've been bad in our history. Mobile quarterbacks is like put how bad we've been and multiply it by three. Like mobile quarterbacks come in, RG3 comes in, anybody that can run or do anything just absolutely destroys us. And then if you think, hey, no, this guy's slow, he'll be fine against Texas Tech. No, all you have to do is scramble a little bit and he usually destroys us. And this year's no different. Um, anybody who watched the K-State game can see that. They Kate, you know, props to Chris Kleiman for saying, listen, Will Howard. You're not. You're actually decent, decent athletically, but we have this true freshman that will burn every single play on the Tech defense, and it worked. They, that's how they beat us. And so, I, I John Reese Plumley is a better version of Avery Johnson, at least as a passer, in my opinion. Um, and so, that is what scares me more than anything. And the combination of of the one-two man, you know, RP the the read option game. I think y'all can just y'all. I, I as good as, as improved as our defense has been. I think y'all can really march down the field using that read option game all game long. You mentioned Taj Brooks is a different type of running back from Ollie Gordon. Describe him. What does he do well? He is very patient, which is, in my opinion, the best attribute a between the tackles 
uh, running back can have. He's very patient. He will sit back there, have a picnic, take your girl out on a date, bring, <laughs> bring her back home before you're ready, and uh, before 10 o'clock, before the streetlights come home. You know, you're wondering where your girl been at all day. She's been out with Todd Brooks. And then, <laughs> then he hits the hole. Right, he's extremely patient, and so because of that, he allows his blockers to set up in front of him. The blockers are there, and then he hits it. And once he hits it, he's gone. And that's how he's been able to get it. And then not only that, it's really hard to take him down. Dude got tree trunks for legs, and so it's it's just really it's that because of that piece of it, it's just it's not necessarily like a bowling ball type like um, like Kansas last week where he was using uh, Daniel Highshot to be that bowling ball and just knock around. Todd Brooks is just very patient, and then when he hits it, he has a great burst, and he can get those extra yards that you weren't expecting him to get. Tech won a 16-13 game at Kansas. If they are to win this game, could it be that low scoring? You'd, you'd think this would be a higher scoring game between these two. I would hope so. That game sucked. <laughs> that game was not fun. So I would, I would imagine. So I, I, and there is some credence at least the tech being at home, right? Like at we are like throughout Joey McGuire's tenure, we have been a much, much better team. It's one of the reasons why I didn't expect us to win last week is because we've been awful on the road. That is actually our only, only our second, uh, or it's our third road win in the Joey McGuire tenure. First one being last year at Iowa State. At Iowa State this year at Baylor, which everybody won at Baylor. That's nothing impressive. And then, uh, well, not us, except for <laughs> you. No, you lost at home, right? It wasn't when it's even worse. It's even worse. Hold on, time out. If I could excuse the question that you asked me for a second, how did that game happen? Yeah, now, y'all talk to me. How did that happen? <laughs> I left. It was the third quarter. I was like, well, this game's over. 35-7. So did the defense. Yeah, so did our team. Oh I left God. with you. Yeah. I didn't even know. I didn't even watch the end of the game. Like, I was watching. I think Tech played right after that. And I was like, all right, well, Baylor lost again because they stink. And then there was, like, a, a recap in the first quarter of the of the game I'm watching. And then I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's actually when I realized y'all stink, to be honest. That's <laughs> fair. Yeah. Same. That's, that's what I – you need when you lose the stink that just that just trails you. That's a, that's Same. how that works. Yeah. yeah, sorry, sorry. Anyways, back to what I was saying. Um, yeah, I hope it's not as low scoring as that. I don't think it will be as low scoring as that. Um, we are at home. I expect us to put up a little bit more points uh, there. Um, and uh, and yeah, and like I said, your your defense isn't great, but uh, <laughs> your defense isn't great. <laughs> though I do think I, I a part of me does feel like y'all are getting it together. Now, I don't know if it's just a flash in the pan because of last week, and maybe I'm just, you know, you put everything into the space you week. I'm not sure, but the defense does seem like it's getting a little bit together, so it could be a little, um, you know, some pushback there. But I expect it to be a little, you know, won't it won't be as terrible of a game as 16-13. Albie, UCF fans going to Lubbock, and they want to get weird. What should they do? Where should they go? First of all, like going, they're, they're weird already. <laughs> if they're going to, if they're, I'm not going to slander Lubbock too much, but um, uh, yeah, going. To, I mean, going. There's Lubbock's going to be a great time. Like everybody makes fun of Lubbock because it's that you know town out in the middle of nowhere and this that and the other. But once you arrive in Lubbock, you're guaranteed to have a fantastic time. Right. Like you're guaranteed once you once you get in there, you'll if you go in that same day, you'll be able to hit Chimmy's, which Chimmy's is a very popular bar right across from campus. Uh, delicious tacos, delicious food, delicious. You know, whether you want to get a, I always get tacos. I don't know why else you wouldn't get if you're going to be in West Texas, you don't get some tacos. Um, but uh, delicious tacos, delicious nachos, um, two margaritas. You're going to be done for the like just two. No, if you get a third, you will not make it to the game. Get two. <laughs> two really, honestly. If you really want to have a good time at the game, you should only drink one, if I'm being honest. But two is going to get you nice and right. Nice and right. You won't stumble out of the bar, but you're going to be filling it after two. A third one is just a recipe for disaster. Don't do it. <laughs> um, but you do have Chimmy's right there. Uh, right on Broadway is a lot of actually really good bars and really a lot of a lot of fun time right there. Fuzzies down the street, even better talk, even better tacos, so especially soft tacos. Um, as you as you go down there, if you're gonna spend a night in Lubbock, you gotta hit Depot District. Uh, a lot of fun around. And then of course there's Great restaurants, right? Uh, great restaurants. Spanky's has great, great burgers. Uh, the He-Man Woman Hater is my favorite in Spanky's, which is just a uh, just really like stacked burger with a bunch of nice cheese and ooey goodness on there. There's also Blue Sky, which is not as stacked, but just really, Paul, is really great meat. Uh, that Blue Sky burger. Got to get some steakhouses in South Lubbock. 
uh, South Lubbock's where all the bougie people live, but of course they have great steakhouses down in South Lubbock as well. Um, and then I'm gonna do a plug a little bit because people don't know about this hidden gem, Lone Wolf Tacos. It's like little tiny tacos that you're gonna eat at three o'clock in the morning because and they're seventy. They're actually last time I was there they were seventy nine cents inflation. So uh, I'm sure there's a little over a dollar now, but still delicious tacos. Well, they're delicious when you're there at three o'clock in the morning. Don't go at any other time. Why would you? But um, but yeah, so that's there's a lot of great things, but you're guaranteed to have a great time. People are nice as hell. Um, regardless, as long as you're honestly, even if you are a longhorn, people are still nice, they're just gonna talk crap about you. But um, but uh yeah, no, it's just an incredible place. Um, but you know, stay there for a weekend. No poker rooms, no poker rooms in Lubbock, as far as I'm concerned. I'm I'm not uh you know, the state of Texas is a weird thing when it comes to to gambling overall. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, it's going to be a great time. No question. Tell us about your show. Tortillas and takes. Yeah. No, it's a podcast. All things, Texas tech. Uh, right now, of course, we're in football season. We're transitioning over to basketball season. Uh, the second game 12 is over. Uh, we've already had our basketball preview. Um, and, uh, it's me and Jeremy Gillen, my co-host, uh, we usually just, we talk mess about everything, right? What's going on in Texas tech, what's going on in the big 12, um, something funky happens in college football or college athletics in general, like NCAA being stupid about James Madison. We're going to talk about it, right? Usually I make fun of Jeremy. That's just. Did we lose him, Adam? He's right there. We didn't lose him, but <clears throat> I can't hear him. Albie, we've lost your audio. He's still talking, though. <laughs> All right, I don't Albie. Know this goes on for. I don't know. No, we can't hear you, buddy. We've lost your audio. Is this a universal sign for we can't hear you? Is this it, Trace? <laughs> yes. is that, I don't know what it is. Is this That's it? Is this, that's sign. the one? <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's smiling at us, though. He can probably hear us. Oh, we got oh, we got you now. Yeah, you're back. No? Can you hear us? It's got awkward. All right. All right. We will bid him I heard adieu. something there. All right, Albert. We'll see you later, buddy. All right. I'll be sure. Tortillas Adios. and Takes Podcast, part of the 1012 Network. We appreciate you being with us to talk a little Texas Tech football. Oh. <laughs> All right. Let's go to some news and notes, Adam. Yeah, let me get this. Uh, I mean, look, I wasn't expecting that that this mountain to be that that quick trace. So you want to do, yeah, you want to do this. Hold on, I got you. I'm with you. I'm with you. My name is David Gibbs. I'm the uh, assistant DB coach, and let's go around the kingdom. Former Texas Tech D coordinator David Gibbs, by oh, the way. That's a good selection right there. Uh, volleyball has dropped uh, five straight. Uh, they now face a fifth-ranked Texas two o'clock senior night on Saturday nights. Stand at eight and seven in the Big 12, 17 and nine overall. Wednesday, they are at Iowa State. They really need to hit that 20 win mark. They got three matches left. Ugh, not looking good for volleyball. 12th ranked men's soccer, the 12th seed in the NCAA tournament, hosting the winner of Vermont Rider, six o'clock Sunday at the UCF Soccer Complex. Uh, Knights uh, looking to make uh, some headway in the NCAA tournament. Women's basketball now 2 and 0. They beat Anderson 96 73. A little step up in competition from Division Two Anderson. They will welcome in Auburn Monday at uh, seven o'clock. Uh, you're being very liberal with these clips uh, of me uh, talking uh, about Texas Tech. Uh, we had a little fun with that <laughs> this week on another episode of Around the Kingdom with Eric Lopez. It's going to go one way or the other, Elo. Uh, I, I'm right. It had been right since the beginning, or I'm going to have to hear about it. When do they play again in this new scheduling matrix 2026? Am I going to have yeah. to hear about it for a while? Texas Tech, by the way, coming off an upset win at Kansas, low-scoring game. I'm going to go opposite of you. I think UCF has a great chance. I think they win. I guarantee you, Trace. I'm going to go opposite of you. How much are you willing to wager? I'll buy dinner. Let's bet dinner on this game. <laughs> well, you owe me dinner for something anyway. That... Uh, you have, I don't recall. Yeah. <laughs> does he owe you dinner? I, I, didn't I get think the... he does. I think he does <laughs> okay. owe me dinner for something. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, you should we, catch you should catch that out. We do a pick em in uh, men's basketball games. Um which is oh. a long story. We haven't started that yet. We're going to start with conference play. All right. The human highlighter is up next. It's that time again. Time to open the Brian W. Peterson Sons of UCF mailbag. 
He he glue in the glowed in the dark with this powder blue. He had the hat. Did you try to go glued in the dark there? Is that what you tried to do? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Speaking of that, we actually have a a submission, a video, kind of a walk and talk, a unique question. I did not share this with you in advance. A unique Uh, question for you. Bring it up. I'll put it on screen for you now. What does this say here? You say so let's start again. Oh, I missed the question. I was, uh, I was is, looking is this car. an acceptable vehicle to rent for a college football road trip? I can't I can't reveal who sent it's an anonymous source, Trace. I need to I need to know if that's acceptable uh, yeah. for a college football it's road from trip. Point A to point B in a town. It's fine. What kind of gas mileage you get on that thing? Yeah. <laughs> It goes zero to 60 in six minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I can see why. All right. We got a lot of questions in this mailbag at UCF Lee. Are we back? I like this trigger on Saturday over Oklahoma State. I like that kind of night scheme, a little confident. Yeah, I think maybe we're back. I mean, if we can, you know, bottle this up and, and bring it to Lubbock with us, I think maybe we're back. Just maybe. And I am Rob 6719 with the uh, JRP sack, loses the ball near the UCF 20. Anyone saying, oh, no, here comes Baylor, where the Sun's confident in that 24th lead? No, 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 no. It goes 24-10, decidedly not confident. So that was a big series of plays right there. I told Uh, the story on the podcast. My son tried to move seats in the middle of the game from uh, one couch to the next. I grounded him and broke his leg and had him sit where he was, Trace. (laughs) You're all welcome out there. I took took one for the team. My kid's okay, by the way, but I, I was very nervous. Uh, at JPEC 22 asking since you and Mike were not at the game in person, uh, is there a jinx here if you ever go to another game? Uh, it's possible. To go? It's possible. Dolly in the same boat. Dolly texted me in the same boat. He did not go as well. I think this, even if this jinx is real, it ends at the end of the year. So all I'm missing is Houston, which, eh, what are you going to do? At Eric8951, will UCF Mike truly accept this as a real Big 12 win? I think he did, right, on the pod this he did. week? He, he did. He's all one. in. Yeah. yeah, he's all in. Yeah. Yep. Uh, at Scott eighty eight five one three, where do you think this ranks among biggest home wins in program history? Top ten for sure. Then you start to get interesting about you know is it as exciting as the Black Friday win or that Memphis uh, championship game? No, but uh, it's certainly a quality win from start to finish. Yeah, I mean we've won what three championships on that field before, right? The the, the Black Friday game, so it's probably somewhere in that four to seven range when you when you all when you think about it. But a lot of it will depend on how the year finishes out. If we blow these last two games, no one's going to care. If we springboard to a, a end of a good season, then it'll be different. And Riley Carey, sixteen. Do you think the refs are finally on our side? Never. No. <laughs> Never. We'll see what they're like in Lubbock. And Ethan of one two six is Space Game JRP the greatest UCF quarterback of all time. Now, UCF performs well on the space game, and, and he certainly had a good one. Hmm. hmm. I'll say yes. At Golden Knight underscore the second, what was most surprising? UCF utterly dominating Oklahoma State or Boomer getting an unnecessary roughness penalty. That play gets lost in the mix. <laughs> that was that's a Look, good laugh. Look, if we're down by 10 at that point, Colton Boomer is walking home after the game. That's not far, by the way. But he's lucky we were up by a fair amount, or else that would have been a lot, a lot harsher of a punishment, I think. Yeah, Cap Beach one saying, how much do you think Boomer enjoyed that? I don't think he enjoyed getting chewed out about it, but uh, maybe enjoyed I think he's okay with it. the hit itself. Andy at UCF XOS, will Jim Levitt be joining the UCF staff? How about him at the game uh, and enjoying himself and calling out uh, the cows? I, I just I could not root for a former cows coach to be on our team. <laughs> I mean, Timmy McLean was one thing. I just, especially Levitt with everything he's done, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Our buddy Nelson, by the way, uh, shout out to Nelson, now has a cell phone. And is that right? Me. He has a cell phone, not even a flip phone. Um, it, texted, is it an iPhone, though? Because he can only message me on his iPad. I don't know if it's an iPhone. Okay, uh, he well, texted then. me a question. Well, you don't have an iPhone, by the way. Fun fact, I Trace Troco, the green text box from Trace Troco, the dreaded green text box. I'm in nine text threads with Trace, and they're all individual because this guy won't get an iPhone. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I know you're not. Yeah, not we've had this conversation. That. Yeah, uh, Nel- Nelson going with us being undefeated in space games. Do you think we should start to schedule them early during the non-conference games so that they can uh, generate some early season buzz and protect the record? I do think that is interesting. I don't think they'll do it. Mike broke down the schedule. Seems some missed opportunities on the schedule and what was family weekend and, and such. Uh, but I, I do like that idea. But you imagine it be against a, uh, you know, a cupcake opponent if they were going to. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't. To be fair, we did the space game basically on Veterans Day weekend, and we had Military Appreciation Day in like October. We probably could have done some better stuff with uh, with the schedule this year. Uh, Jason at Nightfan ninety four, Mister Citronaut, uh, asking me in all my years covering UCF sports, a favorite moment that I have. Not talking about a game result. I will say, in light of obviously the tragic circumstances. Having had the conversations I did with Otis Anderson means a lot more to me now than I realized in the moment. I'll tell you a moment uh, on a road trip, staying at the team hotel when UCF played at Virginia Tech. Can't now remember the name of the player. It was a walk-on, and his family thanked me for coming up to watch their son run out the tunnel for that game. And That was a different era of college football, right? Uh, uh, and it meant a lot to them. And it is nice to talk to parents at these games that are there to cheer on their kids, uh, despite NIL and all the other things that go on. You know, these kids are still taking classes and, and their parents are traveling all over. And you'll see them this weekend in Lubbock as well, rooting on their kids. So those are a couple of uh, standout memories for me. Brian uh, W. Peterson um, asking the question, will UCF, will Trace be more upset if UCF or Texas Tech loses this week? Oh, come on, come on, stop with that. Stop with that. Just because I don't think UCF is going to win doesn't mean I am rooting for them to lose. That black gold underscore Ed, you with the pullout of David Gibbs, uh, you think a little revenge. Uh, Gibbs was D coordinator 2015 to 2018 at Texas Tech and then uh, got fired uh, by the Red Raiders. A revenge? I mean, if, if we need David Gibbs to give us some motivation for this game, we got a lot of problems. At M underscore M and UCF. Serious question now that our defensive coordinator, Addison Williams, has a win under his belt against the top team. Uh, can we can him? See, that's cold. Cold. Not nice. No. As long as it's not Jim Levitt we hire, uh, I'm fine with that. Nova T with a question. Ernie Sims is on staff. Yes, you are correct. Jim Levitt, whole different animal, though. Whole different animal, the things this Levitt did. Uh, UCF fan 642. Do Gus or Terry threaten Addison's future with UCF prior to Saturday's game? Speaking of Ernie, you saw in that, in that Netflix, though, Ernie Sims delivered a speech to the defensive team. I was scared. I went and hid under my couch. Like I was so nervous hearing Ernie Sims get those those guys fired up. Addison seemed very mild mannered. Hopefully, this is the the good mojo he needs to to kick off a good end to the season. At Scott M. Star, when Lee Hunter stared you down in the presser, how nervous did you get? Great question. I wasn't That's nervous. Question, Scott, I wasn't yeah. nervous about Lee Hunter. I was, I was nervous for you doing anything. I don't know if it was really. It wasn't really a very good question and. I get a little too investigative reportery, and he didn't like it. But I do think it's funny. You guys love too many softball questions. You ask something. Oh, why are you asking that? You can't win. What? Can't Whose win. voice is that? At three nights. Seven. <laughs> uh, why do you think we don't see much rotation of the running backs and wide receivers? McDonald has had a carry in a while. We have a deep wide receiver group. I think the best players play. Right? Yeah, I think you shorten your rotation towards the end of the season. Maybe there's some red shirt options coming up here. I don't know what Jordan McDonald's status would be. I think he red shirted last year. I don't know what Demarcus Bowman's status is. Again, maybe he was concussed. We shirt. haven't asked about him in a while. We really need to ask. Yeah. I don't know what his status was prior to UCF. Maybe he's red shirting for another year. So maybe there's red shirt implications involved. But um, crowded running back room. It's a, an embarrassment of riches in the running back room. At Lonely UCF, how many sacks will John Walker have in 2024 against UCF? Terrible, terrible question. I dislike this question. 50-50 chance, though, Joyce. <laughs> I know. I know. At Rejoice Nights, UCF dominated OSU in every phase of the game. Is that what fans can expect as the standard? You know, the standard is the standard, uh, Adam, for this team for the remainder of the season, or was it an anomaly? Don't know. Guess Don't we're going to find out. Important update. Pooh is in the game right now. Poopa Warakunakro is in the game right now. That means UCF is winning handily 70-44. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Love Pooh, but when he's in, you know that the, the game I just was impressed I said his name correctly. That's all I want yeah. to do is just you've show been, that off. You've been, you've been practicing that. Poopa Warakunakro. Yes, I have. Yes. I cannot say this guy's name with a free throw line. Kome Umador? Kome Umador. Is that right? Okay. I believe that's correct. Okay. When you go on UCFnights.com and to I the know. roster, you can click the you little hit the ear button. I got you. That's cheating, that's though. Good. We, uh, that's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at UCF Hot Take, what's the over/under on trick gadget plays against Texas? Texas Gus only ran one this week. Dude's going to be Jonesing for three, four. Uh, I think at least one. Patrick Nurse sighting on TV, by the way, at least two. <laughs> at Clay underscore Pasco, now that the possibility of bowl game is on the horizon. Which bowl would you want UCF to play in, and what opponent would you want them to play? Let's stack these bowl game questions up at Wander Nights. How far would you travel to see, see UCF in a bowl game? 
Uh, does your answer change if the record is seven and five instead of six and six? And then uh, Mike, uh, emptiness four. If both teams end up at six and six, would you want to face the cows in the Gasparilla Bowl or prefer someone else? So, we need some time for that cow's rivalry to breathe. Like, let's let that breathe for a couple of years, bring it back. It'll be more exciting. I'm not into that right now. In terms of the other parts, I'm, I'm more about location and matchup. So if you give me a good location, a good matchup, those are probably the two things that are factor the most. It won't be record. It won't be, you know, time of day. Give me a good location. Give me a matchup. Those are the two things I'd probably consider most. Well, you just said to me that you're going December 23 to the Birmingham Bowl, UCF, Illinois is one of the... <laughs> no, I, I, I said I'm not going to that, if you heard that correctly. <laughs> Although that trophy, if we win that trophy, I want to see us holding up a uh, a, a very pantsless gentleman uh, as our trophy presentation for the Birmingham Bowl. I will say this. If you can't be in a better bowl, being in a bowl that the majority of your fans can go to would be preferable. Cure Bowl is now in the bounce house. Tampa is, uh, you know, UCF's uh, other hometown and and playing in the Gasparilla Bowl. I'm not so gigged about playing the Cows, but uh, Gators weren't interested in playing UCF a couple years back uh, either. Final score from the arena. UCF moves to, uh, uh, what is it, 3-1? 2-1. 2-1. 72-44 yeah. over Fullerton and now move on to this uh, Jacksonville they, Classic held in St. Augustine. When did it become Fullerton? I thought it was always Cal State Fullerton. Did they drop to Cal State? Maybe Maybe, maybe we should respect that, like, uh, you know, Central Florida. Um, at Zeebles, UCF Gus may be in the land of Wu Big Sui Suni. What's your ideal next head coach? Mike with the top five. It started off strong and it unraveled quickly <laughs> with some of his selections. Yeah, uh, give me – I mean, I have no idea. Give me Jamie Chadwell from Liberty. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he's going anywhere. I'm not going to consider this too serious. Uh, two letters, two words may have already been a contributor in this show. If another school were to hire Gus away, uh, would you be okay promoting Henshaw to head coach? Uh, yeah, I would be okay with that. GJ Kinney also interests me. I feel like we're in a spot now where we would want somebody with previous head coaching experience. I feel like we're in a spot now where first timers maybe wouldn't be the first path to take. So it's not a knock on Hinshaw, but give me somebody with a little bit of experience, especially in the, in the big 12. And you know, Terry Mahajra wants a splash hire at that position. So he'd go for some sort of splash. Uh, JP Gilbert. Will y'all come to the house party? I'll be throwing when Gus is hired by Arkansas or some other sec school, the disrespect for the Dodd coach of the week, JP Gilbert. Any party JP's having, I'll be there. Cause I know he's going to have seltzer. So I'll, I will be there for the seltzer alone. <laughs> Uh, Drew V Prime, when is Mike getting his Twitter back? That seems to be. Yeah, look, he's actually, so uh, spoiler alert, he's trying to get his Twitter back, but it, it sounds like there's some challenges. He can't open the mailbox where they may have mailed him that. He's not really good with the technology thing. He's, <laughs> he's efforting to, to do that. Um, and so he, he may become, I think he misses it a little bit. I think he misses it a little bit. Mm. And we miss him a little bit as well <laughs> on the Twitter at UCF mayor. Will Trace catch a tortilla during the game? Will his adopted favorite team give him jello shots? I'll be honest with you. Anybody handing out jello shots, I don't care what team it is. I'm, I'm game for it. What if it's a tortilla uh, flavored jello shot? <laughs> tortilla. <laughs> but I like your recommendations so, from Albie. That's that's oddly box for Lubbock Trace for a tortilla flavored. I didn't, I didn't mean to, uh, you know, blaspheme anybody on that one. Uh, so have you found FS2 on your dial? I do. I have it already locked and loaded. It's not in my favorites, but I have it locked and loaded, ready to go. What is the pregame entertainment prior to that? Is it, uh, you know, drag racing? Is it horse I, racing? No, I, I think I told you that. I think it's um, oh, Seattle Chase, <laughs> Chase to the Cup Seattle Sounders MLS uh, championship run, I believe, is on before the game. So check that out. It might be fun. Oh, boy. I want to thank Andrew Cherico for his live shots from the arena. UCF victorious in men's basketball. Tyson Hinshaw for breaking down the nights for us. And Albie from the Tortillas and Takes, a podcast part of the 1012 Network. We thank you for being with us. All those traveling out to Lubbock, you be safe. I'll see you on a bright early Friday morning flight if you're on that one through Dallas into Lubbock. And for Adam Eaton, I'm Trey Strelko. Go Knights! Charge on. I'm Colby Hudson, and thanks for watching the Sons of UCF. Need another big game for him. Sports Social Podcast Network.